And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is The Drop Set with your host, Darren Starr. All right. Hello and good morning. You can probably tell right now I am, uh, yeah, it's happened. I am sick again. So uh, I'm, I'm over this crap. I'm going to be totally honest here. Now, I think I am in a position where I can do this. It's probably going to be a shortish podcast. I think I'm good for about 20, 25 minutes, something like that. And then I think my voice is going to give out. I, realistically, I should probably just take the day off, but I'm kind of stubborn. I'm very adamant. I want to maintain this uh, two episodes a week schedule, unless I have a really good reason not to. And this is an okay reason not to. It's not a really good reason not to. So I'm I'm rolling with it here. And the other thing is, I put out a call on uh, my Instagram and Facebook story yesterday, um, asking for questions for the podcast. And man, did you respond? I have. Oh, I don't know. I got 20 or so really good responses on that. And so I've cataloged them all. We're not going to get to all of them today, clearly. Uh, but, uh, nonetheless, it's good stuff and we're going to chip away at these over the next few episodes here. So, um, some of them are bigger questions. Some of them are, uh, a little, uh, oh, I don't know, a little more bite-sized and some are certainly, uh, ones that I, I need to do a little bit of digging on because they're asking about things that I'm just not familiar with here. So, um, Ariel, I'm looking at you on that one. <laughs> so I've got, I've got some alcohol related research to do, uh, and that sounds fun. I think I will conduct that tonight. Yes. Uh, so I, basically y'all came through here, which I appreciate and you're, you're saving yourselves from a dentist related podcast. So kudos, nicely done. I appreciate that. I got that appointment coming up this afternoon. So with any luck, I will get this thing not only recorded and rendered and do all of the things that I have to do, but I will do the final step and actually include the link in the blog post that I have to write for this. Um, every podcast episode starts <clears throat> as a blog post on my website. And uh, if I forget to include the link to the audio file, then it never gets uploaded to iTunes or anything else like that. So it was sometime in the afternoon on uh, Monday, and I got an email from Tasha. Thank you. Always ever, ever vigilant um, saying, hey, uh, I don't see the podcast up anywhere. I'm like, oh, damn it. I did it again. Urgh. So uh, I will try and get it all done early today. So. Let's get to it here. Uh, we had a couple of great questions here regarding insulin sensitivity. This comes from uh, Dean and Dom. They both had this question. And, you know, uh, Dean kind of fleshed it out a little bit. Keeping insulin sensitivity high while on a large caloric surplus. So this is key. Insulin is, you know, regardless of if you consider yourself like a hardcore bodybuilder. I'm talking like... 260-pound dude competing in the bodybuilding division or a bikini competitor. Opposite ends of the spectrum, we're all doing the same thing. You know, we all have the same big-picture goal. And one of the things that really helps with that goal is managing and maintaining your insulin sensitivity. So insulin being a hormone that is extremely anabolic, it's dual purpose, but one of the main things that it does is it helps your body build muscle. So uh, it, it is important then that, uh, I mean, it's what we, what we want and what we are seeking here is insulin sensitivity, which is the op opposite of insulin resistance. So without getting too deep into the weeds here, one is good, one is bad, clearly. We, we want a high level of insulin sensitivity, and if we don't have that and we go too far in the opposite direction, you become insulin resistant, and that's how you become a type 2 diabetic. So um, how do we maintain insulin sensitivity? Because the higher your intake 
And the more carbs you take in on a on a general on a regular basis, logic kind of dictates like your insulin sensitivity is going to go down. And it's not necessarily going to approach resistance levels. Um, and that is, you know, for a bodybuilder, for a normal person, it may. But so one of the things, two two things that are very easy that you can do to uh, improve your insulin sensitivity, and these have very real impacts um, and significant impacts, are things that we already do on a pretty regular basis, um, which is train and eat frequently. Uh, meal frequency matters for insulin sensitivity. Um, that's one of the reasons why I'm not really a huge fan of intermittent fasting um, because it cuts down on meal frequency. Similar, uh, if you've got somebody who prefers to get in two or three big meals a day, not a big fan of that for reasons of insulin sensitivity. Um, it just, it's going to take a hit. Whereas if you do eat five or six meals a day, it has nothing to do with your metabolism. I know that's the the conventional wisdom that people have been spouting since the 70s and 80s. They eat more meals and it increases your metabolism. No, it doesn't. That's a lie. It does increase your insulin sensitivity, though. That is very real. Um, and then training as well. And And so this is where training frequency becomes more important. Like if you lift... Five to six days a week on average, that's good. Three to four days a week, your insulin sensitivity is going to take a hit, definitely. Now, that does not mean that there aren't situations where that might not be useful, but it does mean that generally I'm going to push you to train a little bit more frequently. Not seven days a week, not one day off a month or anything like that, but you know, more frequently for sure. Uh, so those are the, the, the big picture bullet point things that you can do. Um, beyond that, you know... Um, it, it has to do with, you know, nutrient timing is important, but, you know, it, it, that's about, you know, timing your carbs around your lift, especially if they are scarce. You want to maintain your insulin sensitivity while you're on a deficit. When you're at a uh, surplus, um, which is what Dean was getting at here, it, it's less of a concern just because, you know, you're probably going to have carbs in most of your meals. Great. Well, make sure that they're heavier around your lifting time. Um, and there's some supplementation that you can do as well. And I, I am... I'm on the fence for this just because I, I feel like these are things that are uh, less impactful. And what I always want to, to have people focusing on are the big picture things, the things that are going to make, you know, an order of magnitude difference or close to it. Um, if something's going to give you a few extra percentage points here, well, you know what, when it comes to insulin sensitivity, that's kind of a rounding error. So in an absolute sense, yes, this can help. Um, but, you know, vitamin C and E post-workout, adding cinnamon, um, ALA as a supplement as well. Um, those are things that can help things like fenugreek also, uh, th those can help increase insulin sensitivity. Um, are they going to make a market improvement? I, I, I would not necessarily think so. Uh, it wouldn't be my first go-to thing. My first go-to thing is, uh, hit the things that we talked about. If you're having five meals a day, bump to six. Um, if you're training five days a week, you know, try going six for a little while. And the important thing, bump up that intensity as well. The harder you train, that increases insulin sensitivity as well. So don't pull back. Uh, you know, make, make sure that you're maximizing what you, uh, what you put in. And uh, uh, the other thing is, and th this is something where a, a former coach of mine had me do this, and it was never my favorite thing, but I see the value in it. And I, I tell you what, I've tried doing this with some people and it's like pulling teeth, getting them to go along with this. So it's not my favorite tactic, um, but that is doing a, uh, a little bit of a uh, caloric reset. So, you know, you, you're writing 400 grams of carbs a day. Great. So take a week where you don't really impact your caloric intake, but you pull your carbs down to ketosis level or close to it and just bump up your protein and fat. 
Um, one reason why I really don't like that is because when I did that, man, my digestion went to shit. I mean, it was awful. So yeah, uh, can it impact your insulin sensitivity in a positive way long term? Sure can. Yeah. Uh, but God, it's it's really a, a, a brutal sledgehammer approach. Um, so I'm not a fan of that. It's not something that I will often do for somebody. What I will do is, you know, pull their carbs down a little bit and say, hey, you know what? Um, we can we can handle a week rather than trying to throw in a ton of fats and bump your protein up to 400 grams. I mean, that's a recipe for feeling like crap right there. Um, just pull your calories down for a week. You know, reduce your carbs significantly, maybe not all the way down to ketosis level, but significantly. If you're at 400 grams, drop them to 150 for a week. Bump in some extra fats, not a ton. You're not going to double it or anything like that. Uh, but bump in some extra. And you know what? You're on a growth phase. Well, you know what? Be closer to maintenance or add a little bit of a deficit for a week. Do a little bit of cardio. You'll clean up. It's not going to be the end of the world. It's not like you have to push forward and you have to see the scale go up every single day. You know, uh, you, you still have uh, enough coming in and you're not doing so much work that you're going to lose muscle. Um, you're just not going to be gaining it as quickly. You'll lose a little bit of fat. Great. So, you know, do a, a week or a 10-day mini cut. It's, it's not going to hurt anything and it's going to help increase your insulin sensitivity in the long run as well. So that's a really good question. I like that. And those are some actionable things that you can work on there. Um, what else do we have here? I'm, I'm looking over some of these. I'm, I'm trying to pick off the easy ones here. Um, Steph Beal from uh, Instagram. Hey, Steph. How you doing? Um, she wanted to know about reverse dieting. And so I know, um, Steph, I've seen you've gone through a couple of shows recently as well. Um, I think maybe another one coming up. I don't know. <laughs> I have a tough time keeping track. But So reverse dieting is a big one. And really, the, the big picture question on this is um, how essential is it? Are you a candidate for reverse dieting? I've talked about that a little bit here before. Um, like if you go really hard on a diet and you are really, really pushing, and I'm talking like, oh, let me hold on, hold on, hold the phone. Let me, let me come up with some numbers here. Let me give you a, uh, no, not there. Sorry. I'm all out of sorts here. Here we go. All right. Let, let me just come up with some, some make-believe numbers here and, and throw out a scenario where this might be the case. So um, let's say, oh, yeah. Let's say as a, a woman, let's say you're five foot four, you're at the tail end of your prep, and your macros are something along the lines of 150, 40, 40. That's uh, just south of 1,100 calories. So, you know, 150 grams of protein, 40 grams of carbs, 40 grams of fat. Let's say on top of that, you're doing somewhere between 60 and 90 minutes a day of cardio. Maybe it's a mixture of steady state. Maybe it's a mixture of intervals, something like that. Um, at that point, you know, you ride that for long enough, you are pushing. You are pushing yourself. Um and, and frankly, you know, there, there are some women and, you know, there, there are relative numbers for, for men as well. Um, you know, they, they wouldn't be quite that low. The cardio may be up there. The protein is going to be higher. The, the carbs might be a little bit higher, but more than likely the fats might be a little bit higher. Um, so it, it depends on how hard you're pushing it. So if you are at that level, and I tell you what, also, the other thing is if you're at that level and you, you don't end up getting very lean, um, then... I'm not sure that you were at that level for long enough to really make reverse dieting a necessity. Uh, so it has to do with the overall load that you're putting on your system. You know, what kind of a deficit are you running? How much cardio are you doing? Which of course helps contribute to that deficit. And, uh, and for how long, 
and there isn't a formula. Maybe I should come up with a formula. Like, you know, estimate your your TDEE, then uh, and include your cardio calories burden in that. So your your TDEE is going to be a little bit higher, uh, and average it out like your seven day average TDEE. So it's your basal metabolic rate plus your activity plus your workouts, um, because you know figure you know double cardio sessions plus a lift every day. That's you know a thousand calories or more for sure. Uh, your basal metabolic rate, let's say it's twelve to fourteen hundred. So you know you're you're rocking oh I don't know twenty five twenty six hundred calories a day. So you're taking in eleven hundred. That's a big old deficit right there. There's got to be a grading system for that deficit. Like I'd give you an A plus or a C if it's not that big, or maybe an F if you're at maintenance levels, something like that. I know we'll grade on a curve. Um, and then for how long? So I don't know. There, there's got to be some kind of way to rig up a formula for that. I might have to think about that a little bit more. Um, and this this would you know ultimately develop a score. So how intense is your deficit, and for how long? And then we create a score. And on this uh, this scale um, where where you have a score, then we can determine, and it, it just runs from hot to cold, how essential a reverse diet really is for you. If you Run a deficit where let's say you're actually at 165, your carbs are at 90, and your fats are at 55 or something like that. Well, that's almost 1,500 calories. Um, and let's say this is for the same woman. Now, let's say also she's responding to this well. She doesn't need to go into a, a giant caloric deficit. She can take in these extra 400 calories a day and still operate okay just because, you know what, metabolically she's very active. She has a really efficient uh, metabolism, and she just burns well. Great. So um, that is not going to necessarily need a reverse diet, potentially. It's a very individual thing. Um, and oftentimes people will ask me, like, do I need to do a reverse diet? And if they're not a client of mine, my answer is always the same. I have no clue. Tell you what, send me everything about your prep, and I'll let you know. And realistically, I probably don't have time to look at everything in depth enough. Um, just because it's not something where you can glance casually, like... I might say like, well, what's your intake been like? Oh, I've been at 1,200 calories. Okay, how long? Where did you start before that? When were the changes? How much cardio did you do? Map it all out week by week. That's the kind of thing that I need. And then I can say, yeah, maybe. And let's see where you, where you were before. Let's look at your starting photos. Let's look at your ending photos. How did you feel? Talk to me a little qualitatively about how your prep was. How was your sleep? How was your stress? How was your digestion? How were your energy levels? You know, those kind of things. Um, how much brain fog were you dealing with? And I don't mean like the kind of like, oh, it's funny, I'm going to make a meme about it, brain fog. But like, I probably shouldn't drive because I might legitimately kill somebody. Um, that kind of thing. So um, with that, I could probably make a, a more accurate determination. But the big question there is, is it necessary? Um, and then from there, uh, it, it's really just, you know, take your prep in reverse. Um, I mean, <laughs> assuming that you had a prep that plays out like most of the ones that I do where it accelerates over time. You know, your deficit increases the longer you stay in it. Um, you will do more cardio the longer we stick with it. It's an acceleration. So coming out of it in the reverse diet, it's a deceleration. You know, we slowly bring your calories up. We slowly pull your cardio down. Um, but we don't just, you know, bring your deficit way up or, you know, bring your calories way up um, immediately post-show. And we don't just cut your cardio down to like one session a week or anything like that. You got to ease out of it. You got to ease out of it. So, um that's a big, big picture. That's what we're looking at there. But it's a good question, Steph. And, you know, if you uh, if you wanted to offer some more details and say, like, OK, well, here are my numbers and blah, 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 then you know what? Let's do a case study on it. We can do it right here. Totally happy to do that. Um, 
for for the sake of uh, of letting everybody else get some insight on that too. That'd be cool. So, um, what else do we have here? Let me see. Uh, Alex asked, uh, have I done a workout playlist suggestion podcast yet? So, you know, back in the day I used to do, um, some playlists and I'd, I'd outline those here. Um, and those are still up on Spotify. If you search five star physique on Spotify, you'll see some workout playlists that I've done there. I haven't done that in a while just because, you know, that was, that started as a way to like gain followers on Spotify. And I had a, a marketing person who told me like, Oh, this is a great way to increase your audience. It was not, it was a terrible way to increase my audience starting from ground zero. How do you grow a following on Spotify? I have no fucking clue. If, if <laughs> it's like, it's, I'm, I'm adding that to the list of things that I've given up on, like Pinterest. I have no idea how to in, how to uh, grow my following on Pinterest. I don't care. Uh, I have determined it's not relevant for me. I use it for a very specific purpose, um, which is all the workout videos that I put up on YouTube. Um, I categorize them on Pinterest. So I've got like a board for back workouts, back exercises. So um, when I'm looking for a video to add to a playlist for a new workout plan, I'm like, okay, here are all my back back videos in one spot here. I can pick and choose the ones that I need. And that's the only thing that I use Pinterest for. It's all for me. Um, and uh, Twitter, I'm giving up on Twitter as well completely. So um, that has more to do with Twitter itself than my ability to use it. Um, I have come to the conclusion that um, Twitter is basically a cancer. Um, like it really does bring out the worst in human beings. Um, and I, I find it just more and more offensive, the more stuff that I see on it. And also whenever somebody gets in trouble, it's always for some stupid piece of shit that they put on Twitter. Um, and I'm like, you know what? I just don't need to open myself up to that. <laughs> The last thing I need is a sounding board where I can spot off, where I can just sound off, say something dumb and have it stick around forever. Like on a podcast, at least if you want to do that, it's not just something that you can share in a link and share it on Facebook or something like that. You've actually got to go and listen to it and find the clip and blah, blah, blah. Whereas somebody can just screenshot the stupid tweet that you sent out and it lives on forever. Uh, no, no thanks. No thanks. So I, I am, uh, actively not just not using Twitter, but I'm actively boycotting it as well, just because I dislike it as a platform. Um, and plus it's just ugly, ugly. Um, the Twitter mob, man, they're just nasty people. I mean, that's what happens when you have, you know, endless anonymity and the freedom and flexibility to say anything that you want online that you would never say to somebody in person. And the problem with Twitter is you don't have to be a real person. Like on Facebook, it's your picture up there. Um, on Twitter, you can be anybody doesn't matter. So, uh, I hate it. I hate it. Um, Connor asked a good question. What is the craziest diet? And he threw out some options here. IIFYM, which I disagree with. No, there's nothing crazy about that. And you know, I, I believe that he would say the same cause he's following that. Um, carnivore, uh, <laughs> keto, eh, intermittent fasting, eh, one meal a day. Ugh. Uh, now, uh, that, that's, uh, the acronym for that is OMAD. And so we shouldn't also forget, uh, GOMAD gallon of milk a day. You know, we talked about that before, so I'd throw that on the list as well. Um, vegan, eh, paleo, eh, what's the craziest one of those? Um, well, I'll go with my own addition, which is GOMAD gallon of milk a day. Gross, just gross. No, thank you. How, uh, this, just the thought of that kind of makes my stomach curdle up. Um, one meal a day also is, I mean, if we're talking crazy, 
that that's crazy and that somebody might think that's effective. Like you're going to get all the nutrients that you need for the day in one meal, all the macronutrients. You're going to hit your protein intake. You're going to get all your carbs and all your fats in one meal for the day. I mean, are you going to take an hour and a half to eat that thing? What? No. I mean, it's just, it's uncomfortable. It's impractical. And, you know, we talked about insulin sensitivity as well. That's, that's what you do if you want to tank your insulin sensitivity. Um, as far as the craziest, uh, I'll catch some flack for this. Uh, okay, I can take it. You know, this isn't on Twitter, so it will live on in perpetuity, but nobody's going to screenshot this at least. Um, now, having said that, somebody will probably transcribe this and screenshot it. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm going to say it. Vegan. There you go. No offense to the vegans out there. No offense. Um, but uh, yeah, this is one where, I, I don't know. I mean, first of all, um, it's the only thing on this uh, list that I probably just would not try. Um, I have no desire to try it, none whatsoever. Um, it's it's really hardcore. You're going to find it extremely restrictive. And so this has nothing to do with the virtues of it, which uh, I, I don't really want to get into a debate on that right now. I really don't. I don't want to have that conversation. Maybe another day. Today is not that day. Hit, hit, uh, hit me up on that when I'm feeling better and I've got some more fight in me. Um, but I, I, we, we can do that, but it, it's, it's very cult-like also. Um, I don't know. Like, if you are a, a macronutrient uh, dieter, IIFYM, if you are paleo, if you're ketosis, I don't think you're going around and talking about how people who follow other diets are bad human beings. Um, so it's, there's a lot of judgment thrown in here from, and not universally, but, uh, I, I know some vegans. I have followed some on social media as well. They can be kind of militant about it and it's very off-putting like, no, thanks. No, thanks. Uh, it's for you. That's great. It's not for me. Um, and then, like I said, it's the one thing on this list that I don't think I would try myself. Um, no, no desire what's whatsoever. So, um, there you go. I said it, the craziest one, vegan. Yep, I stand by it. No judgment to the vegans out there, unless you judge me, in which case, suck it. I don't care. Um, let's see. Uh, Gator KF on Instagram asked, I'd like to hear about uh, your dandelion tea regime during prep. How many cups, days, et cetera? Great question. So that was uh, dandelion tea is a, it's a natural diuretic. Um, dandelion root extract is the active ingredient in most over-the-counter diuretics as well, along with caffeine usually. Um, and uh, it, it, it does work. So, for me, uh, it had more to do with just I, my digestion was slow um, towards the tail end of my prep. And it was uh, because of that also, like my water retention was up. Like my overall body water retention was higher. And it was related to just a slow digestion, which is something that happens to a lot of people toward the tail end of their prep. You know, it's just one of those things where it's one of your body systems that starts to work less efficiently, um, just like your metabolism does as well. Your metabolism works less efficiently the leaner you get. Same thing with your digestion. So um, especially if you experience uh, sharp swings in your body composition, like if you're dropping fat relatively quickly, like, you know, I dropped 30 pounds in a few months. That's fairly quickly. That's a good prep, but still, that's a pretty good swing. It takes some doing to do that, and so your body has a right to kind of raise its hand and complain after a little while. So um, there's certainly something to that. Uh, so the what I did was th there were a couple of different um, teas that I tried. Um, there was one that was kind of like a dandelion spice tea or something like that, and I actually found that one to be 
less appealing. Um, the, the regular dandelion tea was a little bitter, um, but I tell you what, coming from a guy who really abhors anything bitter, it grew on me. It really did, and it got to the point where I'm like, hey, I kind of like this. I would typically do two cups a day, um, and that's it. And, it. and it did work. Like, I could see it on the scale the next day. I'd be like, oh, okay, great. And when I'd forget to do it, boom, go right back up. So um, I, I made that pretty much a daily thing. And I, I, realistically, I try to be very regimented about it. I probably remember to do it twice a day, about five days a week. Um, maybe another day where I hit it once, and then another day where I forgot entirely, like on a busy day or something like that. So I wasn't perfect with it, but it was effective. Uh, it truly was. So that that's how I that's how I worked that. Great question, though. So I appreciate that. Um, one more here, and let's let's do this. Uh, th- this is my favorite one. So David Christensen on uh, Facebook had uh, several. Like he contributed five. One of them I thought was um, better than all the others, uh, and he wanted to know. How do you play the drum intro to uh, Where Eagles Dare by Iron Maiden? Great question. Great question. So uh, I was familiar with it, of course, Iron Maiden. Um, but I had to look it up, um, like the, the drum tab, and check it out. Because I was listening to it, and what I found with, with drums in particular, I don't have a finely tuned ear for it yet. Um, it's the speed. Like, I can hear it. I'm like, okay, I can hear what's going on here. Yep. Um, but my brain still can't quite break it down. And so you look at a drum lesson on this and it's, it's really a a very simple thing. I mean, you've got to wrap your head around the fact that it's in 12, eight. So it's not a four, four time signature. So you count one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six. That's a bar and it's two bars. So it's a two bar uh, intro in 12, eight. And all it is, it's, it's basically flams and bucket of fish. So flam is where, where's Taz? Hold on. He's going to freak out when I do that. Taz, he's sleeping. This will wake him up. So a flam, let me, let me move the microphone here so it's closer to the desk. So if this is like a normal hit on a drum, that got his attention. This is a flam, basically. So it's like you're, you're hitting the drum with both sticks, not quite at the same time, but pretty close. Um, so it's a flam on the snare, and then a bucket of fish is the name of a fill. It's, it's, it's a funny name. I get it. Look it up. Bucket of fish. Uh, and uh, it's either going to take you to a YouTube video about a drum fill or to Long John Silver's website, I'm not sure. Uh, but it's uh, it's one where you typically will hit uh, three different drums, and then end on the kick. Bucket of fish. That's where it gets its name, because it sounds like you're saying that. Um, so it's flam, bucket of fish, and then uh, like a one-two-one one on, on a tom. So it's Blap, bump, 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 and you do that like four times really fast. You speed that up, and then it's just the final two beats is like a bump, 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 flam again. It's really, really simple, but it's done at such a speed where it sounds really impressive. It's really cool. So it's it's a good intro though, and it really gets that uh, kicks that song off of the bang. I dig it. So great question, David. Always appreciate it. Any more drum questions? Let me know because you know I am the world's shittiest drummer. So who else would you ask if not me? Um, yeah, there we go. So, okay guys, that's all I got in me. Um, I feel like I'm, do I say it? Do I, it's going to be gross. I tell you what, you can bow out now if you don't want to hear the gross part. You got about three seconds. Okay. You're still here. So I'm basically like drowning in snot right now. So I, I think I have outlived the usefulness of myself on this podcast. I made it almost 30 minutes. That's pretty good for me today. So I'm going to uh, do some stuff here. That was descriptive. I'm going to eat. 
I'm going to think long and hard about whether I want to go to the gym today. Like, I feel like I can perform. I just can't breathe very well. Um, I got to think about that. I took yesterday off. Um, and then I've got some work to do. Got a new plan to write up. Um, and then I've got a uh, dentist appointment this afternoon. So I'll be resting. We've, we're hosting a party this weekend. So we've got that to look forward to. It's a birthday party for a friend. Um, but we're actually hosting. I think we're going to have about 10 people here tomorrow night, actually. I'm a little scared. A little intimidated. So um, it's a big crowd. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> We've got that on Saturday. Rest and recover on Sunday. I don't think there's anything else going on. We'll be back here on Monday for sure. So hopefully I'll be feeling back to 100% by then. Uh, keep the questions coming. So I've cataloged all of these. Um, because they were story responses, um, they will go away within a couple hours here. But I wrote them all down on my computer, so I've got them all saved. We are good to go there. So I'll tackle some more of those next week. I appreciate everybody offering their feedback on that as well. Thank you very much. Uh, you make my day. You really do. So um, I'll let you get on with it here. Uh, I'm going to go check out, see what I can do, load up on some meds, maybe try to get a workout in. We'll see how it goes. Thanks for listening. Catch you on Monday. Thank you.